It's been been good. I uh, I won't be long. I told you this morning I'm going to speak on a renewed vision for an old time religion, and uh, there's no way that I can do this topic justice. I remember hearing um, Clarence Sexton preach many many years ago on remove not the ancient landmarks. And that message still just rings in my ears. The, the truth that was presented in, in that message, those probably over 25 years ago now. Uh, and listen, Christian, we don't, we don't need some newfangled ways of ministry. We need old-time religion. We need the kind of spiritual, spirit-led, God-filled religion that changes men from the inside out. That not just dresses us up for a day or two. Something that brings about real change. And as we embark upon this new year, uh, I tried not to, on purpose, set forth a whole bunch of new things that we're going to do because I, d- I don't want to, you know, as a church, we don't, we don't need more mechanisms. We don't need more programs. We don't need more opportunities or activities. What we need is we need more of God. As a church, we really have a lot. I pondered this idea of rest and revival for months before we came into this year and talked to many other people and discussed this idea with them and just, you know, said, give me some wisdom about this and, and what, you know, and, and I just shared it with Hunter, but a pastor looked at me and says, you know, God called us human beings, not human doings. And as God's people, we get, we get busy doing. We have a lot of things that we participate in. But because we're doing so much, we allow our Christianity and our spirituality to be defined by what we're doing instead of what we are in Christ, instead of what we're being. Just like Brother Taylor described for Hunter here who just came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and then a few weeks ago, he just told me tonight as I came in that he wants to schedule his baptism. He's ready to get baptized. We're excited about that and thrilled to be doing that sometime in the next few weeks. Again, fruit of, of the discipleship. He's been through the lessons on baptism and understands what that is. But what he was saying, and my train of thought completely went... He was describing and talking about, where was I going? Doings and being, yes, we're being. Oh, uh, Brother Taylor was describing to, to Hunter that you could be closer to God than me. Although I've been saved for many, many years, it's not about how many years I called myself a Christian or how many times I've been in church or how many times I, I, I've gone through this program or that. It's how close are you to God. Beloved, that's the heartbeat of the message. That's the heartbeat of the thought tonight. And I'm going to skip through a lot of this and we're going to be done here in 10 minutes. I want you to understand that if we're going to have a renewed vision for old time religion, it's going to take a fervency and a dependency upon the word of God. The text for tonight was Joshua chapter 4 and verses 1 through, well, Joshua chapter 4, 5, and 6. We see the story of Joshua and his children of Israel going into the promised land. And you guys know the story that when they 
came to pass that when the people were clean, passed over the Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the one of every tribe, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's foot stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place. You, you know the story. They had to set up a memorial. They had to pick up those stones and they had to build a memorial. And, and those stones, I don't believe that God was erecting or putting something there for them to be able to worship. You see, it's man that takes something that God had planned and, and, and the, the system or the, the, the way in which God set up for them to remember what he did and they would begin to worship stones. They would begin to worship the creation instead of the creator. God said, set this up. Why? So you would remember where you came from. These stones are taken from the middle of the river. So you'll remember what God has brought you through. And they did that in obedience to the word of God, what God said, what God told them to do. And if we're going to, uh, as we in this, embark upon this new year and we look back and consider what God brought us through this last year, maybe there's some things you look back and you remember. And maybe as you look forward, you look to see what God's going to do in the future. But it's going to take a dependency and a fervency and a love for the word of God. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scorner, but his delight shall be in the law of the Lord. That's the verse I was looking for. His delight shall be in the law of the Lord. Is your delight in the law of the Lord? We need to get back to having a passion and a love for the word of God. That's what this, these Sunday school lessons for the next four weeks are about. And a lot of times as Christians, we say, oh, man, walk with God. Oh, man, talking about private devotions. Man, we've heard these things so many times. Then how come so many Christians do not have a consistent, faithful, passionate, powerful relationship with God? Because they're not doing it. We might know it, but we're not doing it. It's not about how long you've been a Christian. It's about how close you've drawn to God. Draw nigh to God. And that takes walking with God. That takes time in the word of God. God told them what to do and they obeyed his command. It was the ark of the covenant that went before them into cross that Jordan River. The ark of the covenant contained the word of God. You know, the word of God is powerful. If we will allow it to do its work in our heart and life, it'll bring about change that we cannot even imagine. We need a renewed vision for the word of God, for the commands of God. It doesn't really matter how far we've come. We need to be reminded of the book. Whether we're in the wilderness or we're in the promised land, we need the word of God. If anything, beloved, is going to be done in the hearts of men this coming year, it's going to be because of God's word. That's where we need to renew our focus on God's word and, and not just from the pulpit, but in our hearts and in our purpose of life. I want you to see that they also oppose the world. In Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, we see a, an unusual thing take place. And the time came, the Lord said unto Joshua, Mark, uh, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill uh, of the foreskins. There's a 
picture here that God commanded them to do. You could read the entirety of this text. You'll see in verse number five that the reason that they had to be circumcised again was because they, all of the people that had been born since the time that they left Egypt, it says they hadn't been circumcised. So now they needed to. But this was a, something that was peculiar to God's people. It was a picture of, of people that had wholly surrendered to God and given up the world. And so it was something that he asked of his people to do. And you know that the Egypt was a picture of the world all through the scriptures. How many of you know that? That's the picture of the world. Well, look, if you, if you have your Bibles open there, look at verse number 9, chapter 5, verse number 9. He says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, whereof the name and the place uh, is called Gilgal unto this day. Egypt was a picture of the world. The world is a reproach. And as God's people, I want you to know if we're going to see God do great things this coming year, we also need to get away from the world. There might be some things that this old world has a hold of in our heart and lives that we need to cut off. You need to let it go. You've got some passion or addiction or, or something that's taken your heart and mind and, and your, your time and eating it up from the time that you should be dedicating to God. And if we're going to see revival, we've got to say, you know what? I'm willing to let that go. To see God do something in my life, to see something real and powerful, I really don't care about watching that show. I really don't care about listening to that music. I know I enjoy it. I know my flesh likes it. I know that, that I enjoy that entertainment or those books or those things. But to see God do something, I'm willing to let that go. And if we're going to see God do something great in, in this church, there's going to be some, some, I think, some worldliness that we've got to confront and cut away. We've got to oppose the world. And then, lastly, this evening, I want you to see that they trusted in his work. Look in verse number five, chapter, tw- verse number five. Verse number 12 of chapter 12, (laughs) yeah, of chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 12. It says here, And the manna ceased on the morrow after that they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. See, this marks a big change for the children of Israel. You know, for 40 years in the wilderness, they walked outside in the morning and the food that they expected to have that day was out there for them. It was provided. They, they walked outside, they got up in the morning, went out and the food was there. But now on this day, at this time, the food was going to stop. It wasn't going to be there anymore. It was a change that they were going to have to trust God for. As God brings change in this coming year, we're going to have to trust God. God knows He knows what's best for us. He wants what's best for us. And he has the power to do what's best for us. That's what God can do. They had to decide when they got up in the morning the next day and went outside and there was no man and like, "Uh uh-oh. You would think because for 40 years God's been putting the manna there for them that they would trust God just, oh, well, God gave us the manna. He'll, He'll give us something that, but this whole flesh doesn't work that way, does it? We get used to how things are and we look at, oh, this is something different. This is a change. This is not the way it was. And, and 
God was going to provide and meet for them in a whole new way. And they had to look at that and say, okay, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to go into this promised land and we don't know what all it entails. We don't know all the challenges we're going to face. We don't know the battles we're going to have to fight. But Lord, we're going to trust you. And as we go into this new year, we don't know what we're going to face. We don't know what changes. I mean, you know what they say about the best laid plans of mice and men. We can set forth the greatest number of plans and you can have a 2020. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all out the window, you know. But we're going to plan and we're going to try and we're going to strive to move forward. But in it all, we need to trust God. Because he knows what's best for us and we can trust him. We need to follow him with a renewed level of commitment. Like our very food depends upon it. I think about our church and individually I, in my heart and mind, pictured us as a church in that boat with Peter. And saying, Lord, can I come to thee? Lord, I want to walk on water. Lord, I want to see you do something that is just beyond me. It's just beyond this church. It's beyond our ability. I want to see you do the miraculous. Where we'll sit back in awe and say there is no way except God. But if that's going to happen, we've got to trust God. We've got to look at those stormy waters and put that out of our mind and look at Christ and say, okay, Lord, I trust you. I'm willing to step out of the boat. I'm willing to have some faith and move forward for you because we know that he can and he will do what's best. It's going to take faith on our part and it's going to take faithfulness on our part. We've got to be faithful. I want to see Jesus this year. But it's going to take, our, it's going to take work, preparatory work on our part to see God do great things. It's not going to happen because I get up here and jump up and down or wave my hands or get excited in a message. That's not what's going to make the difference. What's going to make the difference is if God meets with us. And that takes God's people getting real with God. Not just one day, not just one time, but an act of pursuing and drawing near to God that we could see him move in a miraculous way. And I ask God for that for our church.